What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? This is your boy Jonathan from the Six Man Show. So I know this is a little bit different from the way that the show typically opens, but I actually forgot this while I was recording the show, and I wanted to take a couple of moments to bring it up. So this, the episode that you're about to listen to, marks our 56th episode so far. And today, February 24th, actually marks the one year to the day since me and Will released our first episode of The Six Man Show. I just want to take a moment to thank everybody that has taken the time to check out the show, whether you liked it or not. Uh, Thank you to the people that have shared the show with a a friend or a fellow Magic fan. This week, we also broke 16,000 total downloads since we started the show. So that is just absolutely amazing to me. Uh, I never would have thought, you know, one year ago and and maybe a week when my wife said, you know, you should probably start an Orlando Magic podcast. I never would have thought that a year in we'd have 56 episodes, 16,000 downloads, over a thousand follows on Twitter, a couple hundred on Instagram, a hundred or so on Facebook. I'm just really been, you know, overwhelmed and, and just incredibly grateful, incredibly thankful for anybody that has had anything to do with the show. Thank you to anyone who has left a rating or a review. I can't tell you enough how much that helps out the show, guys. Um, yeah, I, without, you know, getting emotional or anything like that, I just really, from the bottom of my heart, guys, I want to say thank you. Um, I spend countless hours every single week, obviously, because I love it, but following this team, prepping for the show, you know, scheduling my entire family's weekends around when I'm able to sit down and record these podcasts and, and prep for them and everything like that. This has been one of the, the greatest things that I've ever decided to do. I'm incredibly thankful to my wife who puts up with all this nonsense and, uh, you know, really was a main driving force for getting me started with this. Huge thank you to my to my boy, to my brother, my best friend, Will, who started this endeavor with me. I never would have started this without him. But really, thank, thank you to all of you guys who listen to the show every single week, who support it, who share it, who comment on it, who give me, you know, your feedback, just all of that. It means the world to me. Obviously, this show would be absolutely nothing without you guys. And I am so, so, so incredibly grateful. I I can't stress that enough. So thank you guys so much for listening to the Six Man Show over the past year. I'm hoping that this is the first of many years to come. This is the 56th episode, guys. I can't believe that. But once again, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I hope you guys enjoy the show. As always, go Magic. This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Osborne, and I'm covering all things Magic basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic. What is going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show with your boy, Jonathan. It is February 24th, 2020, and we are officially post-All-Star break with the Orlando Magic. Really quickly, I just wanted to say about that All-Star game, what a great game that was. Am I right? I know it's about a week out now, uh, but we haven't talked in a while. But that was honestly some of the most fun I've had watching an All-Star game in such a long time, possibly ever with the new format where they reset the score after the first, second, third quarter, and then the fourth quarter they had that target score. That felt like a playoff game. felt like a game seven. So much fun to see the best players in the league playing their butts off, playing defense, 
diving for loose balls, taking charges as much as I can't stand Kyle Lowry, taking charges in the All-Star game. Never thought that I would see that, but, man, just great job by the, the commissioner, by the league for, for putting that game on. It was a, a lot of fun to watch. I really enjoyed that. I hope they continue uh, that format going forward. But like I said, we're officially post-All-Star break. Those of you who watched the team last season, remember this is when it all started last year, right? This is where the team went on that run, really locked in, you know, went 22-9 and over the last 31 games, made the playoffs, all that good stuff. Tonight, today, we're going to talk about, you know, whether or not, you know, the team is really going to be able to live up to that and, and whether this team has that in them. But really quickly, let's talk the weekly state of the Orlando Magic. So the Orlando Magic currently sit at 24 and 32, eighth place in the Eastern Conference. They are two and a half games back of the seventh place Brooklyn Nets, who they will be playing tonight. And we are also up three and a half games on the Washington Wizards, who lost Tonight, Bradley Beal put up 53 points, and they lost to the Chicago Bulls. So Chicago Bulls doing us a solid, doing us a favor there. But the Magic got to start putting some wins together if they want any chance of closing in on Brooklyn there. Uh, you know, and you know, kind of just keeping the eighth seed. I mean, as if Washington starts to pick up a few wins here, uh, and the Magic, you know, keep losing. Uh, you know, we're we're not too far ahead of them, so need to keep winning. Um, you know going forward it's very important for this team the east has been so bad historically bad this year milwaukee clinched a playoff spot tonight um the fastest any team has ever done that in nba history it just goes to show you how historically bad the eastern conference specifically the lower the you know lower half of the eastern conference has been this year but the magic need to put some wins together and get some momentum going forward so looking at basketballreference.com looking at the playoff probabilities Right now, they have the Orlando Magic at a 69% chance to make the playoffs and a 27.8% chance of securing the seventh seed. So it seems like each week we go forward, the Magic are, you know, it's looking more and more like we're going to be facing Milwaukee in the first seed, which is really, it's going to be a tough out. Let, let's all, let's all, you know, be for real here. So uh, last week, the Magic went 0-1, only having that one game against Dallas coming back from the All-Star break as the Magic inducted Daryl Armstrong into the Orlando Magic Hall of Fame. They also honored him during the game. And from what Josh Robbins reported that night, about 15% of the fans in attendance stood up and gave Daryl Armstrong a standing ovation. That's really, really disappointing for a guy that is, by all means, an all-time you know Magic fan favorite to just not get the amount of love and recognition that he deserved the night that he's inducted into the Orlando Magic Hall of Fame. If that doesn't speak to the state of this fan base right now, I don't know what else will. And I spent so many, you know, hours thinking about what the problem is and, and I there are it's like a culmination of issues. I don't know exactly what the answer is, but Alex Martins, the fan experience team, you guys gotta do something. Make the event of a basketball game about the game. I understand you guys are in the entertainment business. You're trying to sell tickets, but hardcore fans, when they go to these games, they want to feel like the, the, the game is the biggest thing going on, and it doesn't always feel like that. That's just part of what I think, you know, part of the reason is, but I'm not going to spend too much time on that. But once again, Magic went 0-1 this week, the one game against Dallas. Coming up this week tonight, we at Brooklyn to take on the Nets Wednesday at Atlanta to take on the Hawks 
back home on Friday against the Timberwolves, and then back on the road Saturday to take on the San Antonio Spurs. Short week, one game, not too much news going on. Uh, I think the Orlando Magic kind of confirm what we've all been thinking, you know, that Jonathan Isaac is going to be out for the rest of the season. There's been a lot of talk about that this week for some reason. People, you know, keep bringing that up and, and, and rehashing that. Uh, me, you know, when he went out with that injury and we heard that it was going to be eight to ten weeks before he was even reevaluated, so he should be coming up on that in just a few weeks here, but I, I pretty much figured that he was going to be out for the entire year, so it is what it is, you know what I mean? So let's let's talk about you know we've only got this one game this week we could talk about Dallas uh, the Dallas game a little bit uh, just you know my big takeaway from this game and, and kind of rewatching it and you know going through the box score and everything like that is that this game really just fleshed out so many flaws that the Orlando Magic have in different ways and we'll kind of get into that right so let's we'll start right here after the first quarter Magic are down 16 Post All Star break, Luca is coming out hitting threes. The Magic, you know, Evan Fournier's nice and tan. Vooch looks nice and tan. And then, it just it seems like they completely forgot how to play defense over the All Star break. Like, like you expect some some post All Star break rust, especially for guys who are on vacation and whatnot. But this just took it to a, a completely another level. So Magic down sixteen. Uh, after the first quarter, and then after the six-minute mark in the third quarter, then they're down 18, fight you know their way back at the end of that second quarter just to be down 12 at halftime. Magic start the second half on a 17-4 to run to take a one-point lead with six minutes and 49 seconds left in the third quarter. Dallas slowly starts to build a lead back up, and then come the subs, right? DJ Augustine's Man, we missed DJ Augustine, didn't we, guys? DJ Augustine's first game back after missing, you know, the last month or so with some bone irritation in his knee. DJ Augustine comes back in. Mo Bamba comes into the game for Vucevic. And then as we've seen so many times this year, when that bench unit comes in, the the lead just starts to creep up for the opposing team, right? So we're back to the the bench playing like dog crap, at least in this game, right? Let me touch on this as well. Coming into this game, uh, it was announced that James Ennis was being inserted into the starting role, and I'm I'm starting to get the goosebumps. I feel the anger building up inside of me already. Wessa Wundu, since he's been drafted by this team in the second round, what was it, three years ago, this kid has worked his butt off, improved. He's been a solid defender. He doesn't make many mistakes. He's shooting over 40% from three this year. I'm really salty about the way that Clifford did Wessa Wundu. Wessa Wundu got a DNP coach's decision in this game. Wessa Wundu did not play a single minute. I, I just don't agree with that, that strategy, that decision not to play Wes. James Ennis, in my opinion, does not bring you any more than Wessa Wundu does. James Ennis, I believe, went one for six in this game, including 0 of three from three. It should have been, it was really 0 for four. He attempted to take a three, but his foot was on the line. He missed that jump shot anyways. But Wessa Wundu has been with this team, has been fighting for minutes since the day he was drafted here. And now James Ennis comes in. Yes, he has the expectation that he's going to play, but you're inserting him into the starting lineup. DJ Augustine is coming back, so now we're seeing more Fultz and more Michael Carter-Williams off of the ball. Michael Carter-Williams went 0-3 in this game. I know he was not on the floor with DJ Augustine during those times, but 
Michael Carter Williams, Markel Fultz at this point in their careers do not need to be relegated to taking, you know, pull up threes or, you know, you know, uh spot up threes, excuse me. Just uh just thinking about this the decisions that were made in this game uh you know from a, a coaching standpoint, really that that's the first flaw that I want to bring up about this game, right? Before we do that, let let's let's see what happens the rest of the game. So uh as soon as you know the subs come back in, the Mavericks start building that lead back up uh up seven Going into the fourth quarter, lead just continues to creep up there. Uh, Mavs go up at 13 at one point, and then here come back the starters, and then the Magic were just never able to really gain any momentum. End up losing this game 122 to 106. Once the starters came back in, playing against you know Dallas's starters and closers, it just kind of they just really played to a stalemate. Once again, lost by 14, 122 to 106. Biggest thing for me in this game. As far as you know, the the Dallas Mavericks box score: Maxi Kleber, twenty six points, three rebounds, one assist, one turnover. Shot ten of thirteen from the floor, three of six from three. Is there anything more Orlando Magic than a guy coming into our building and scoring his season high, his career high, all of the above? Just absolutely ridiculous. Luka Doncic. Hats off to this kid. The kid is just amazing. It's so crazy to think that we were one game, losing one game away two years ago from being able to draft either Luka Doncic or Trey Young. It doesn't do much to rehash that and think about it, but it's just so crazy to think about it. Chris Stapps, Porzingis, 24 points. Tim Hardaway Jr., 16 points. The Magic really just forgot how to defend. So many times, Kleber was either wide open for three or just running to the rim without anybody in his way. Just absolutely crazy, absolutely frustrating. And then the Magic just everybody laying duds. I mean, good game out of Evan Fournier, 28 points, 10 of 19 from the floor. But Vooch scoring 27 points on 27 shots. That is never, ever going to be okay. Terrence Ross, 19 points, shot 3 of 8 from 3, but 5 of 16 from the floor, so inefficiency there. Markel Fultz had a decent night, 14 points, 7 of 12 from the floor. He went down in the third quarter, did not return due to some leg cramps. Uh, This is something that we've seen now in the past three or four games. He's gone down with cramps a couple times, came back in the first game, wasn't able to come back in this game. The team confirmed today that he was having some cramping issues. He said himself, this is the most basketball that I've played in a really, really long time. So um, we talked a little bit last week or a couple of weeks ago about whether or not Markel was hitting the rookie wall. And it seems like maybe you know, part of his body is, is feeling fatigued. Even after an all-star break, uh, you know, he's he's still having these issues with cramping. So that's going to be something to monitor. Not freaking out about it, but kids got to get hydrated, got to stretch properly, all of that stuff as well. But Aaron Gordon, 10 points, did add 12 rebounds, 7 assists, but 4 of 13 from the floor. Didn't really care for Aaron's shot selection a lot of the night. Uh, if he's putting up runners, uh, you know, turnarounds, fadeaways, um, you know, He's missing the three as well. That's never going to help us. Nick Vucevic, once again, one of seven from three. If Aaron and Vooch both are struggling from the three-point line, it's going to be a tough night for us. And then James Ennis, one of six from the floor, three rebounds. DJ Augustine and his return back to the lineup off of the bench, 16 minutes, 0 of two from the floor, zero assists, one turnover, one rebound. Looking at Michael Carter-Williams, one of four from the floor, 0 of 3 from the three-point line, did add 11 rebounds. So Michael Carter-Williams is always going to bring you things that don't necessarily show up in the box score, but it's just 
it's so perplexing to me. You know, Cliff has talked all year when guys have gone down or, you know, guys have gotten hurt. When he's adjusting the lineup, you know, why haven't we seen, you know, Terrence in the starting lineup? Uh, you know, he hasn't want, wanted to, you know, when Vooch went down, uh, you know, why, or, you know, when Jonathan Isaac went down, rather, why was Ken Birch starting at the four rather than, you know, starting Wes or starting Terrence and, and moving Aaron to the four? He, you know, he didn't want to disrupt both lineups. He didn't want to disrupt the bench lineup and the starting lineup. Well, I got to tell you what, Cliff, inserting James Ennis into the starting lineup, that is disrupting your starting lineup. Having DJ Augustine and Michael Carter Williams playing off of the bench, Michael Carter Williams playing off of the ball, that is disrupting your starting lineup. Not playing Wes Wundu, that can't do anything good for the the locker room chemistry, the confidence for Wes Wundu, all of that stuff. That's you're, in my opinion, you're just not setting a good example just because you traded for this guy and told him that he was going to be able to play. Now that DJ has come back. You're going to rock with a 10-man rotation. All of a sudden, now you're not going to play Wessa Wundu, a guy who's been working his butt off in practice and in the weight room, in the training room, in the treatment room, in the offseason working on his game. All of a sudden, now he's not going to get minutes because of James Ennis? Come on. James Ennis, a career 35% three-point shooter? To me, that's just ridiculous. That's that's not good roster management. Uh Let's, I'm not even talking about the the lineups and you know the the rotation and everything like that. To me, that's just you're not managing the locker room well. That that sends a bad message to to guys in, in my opinion. And James Ennis, you know, I I liked him coming off the bench in his first few games with the Magic. You know, brought a lot of energy and you know defensive versatility. But I think Wessel Wundu brings a lot of the same things. And this year, he's shooting the ball heck of a lot better than James Ennis is. So. Going forward, I really hope to see. And you know, Wes Awundu sometimes he he posts some you know cryptic messages. I think he tweeted out that one day he'll look back and be happy about this. You know, this is obviously just speculation. He might have something going on in his personal life. But me, he's got to feel slighted and disrespected at the fact that he's not even you know in the lineup now that that DJ Augustine has come back. But a lot of people have kind of linked together Mo Bamba playing poorly with DJ Augustine kind of running that second unit. Um, and, and there might be some truth to that. Mo Bamba did not look good in this game at all. 11 minutes, one of three from the floor, one rebound, two assists. Looked absolutely completely lost defensively at times. I'm not freaking out. It's one game with Mo. You know, the last two, two and a half months, he's made so many improvements and strides, has looked so much better recently. His motor has looked better. One game, I'm not ready to freak out. A lot of people are. They think the sky is falling with Mo Bamba. I'm not one of those guys. But, man, this was just such a frustrating loss. Like I said, it fleshed out so many flaws that this team has. Lack of shooting, lack of defense. Jonathan Isaac, okay, it was not apparent to me last year, but it is so apparent now with him being out, missing time, how many holes that this guy plugs defensively. This year, he's taken the defense up to a completely another level. Let's get that out of the way, okay? But this team just is not the same team defensively without Jonathan Isaac in the rotation. It's so apparent. This team, looking back at last year, they went 22-9 and over the last 31. One of the best teams in the league defensively over that stretch. 
I don't think without Jonathan Isaac on the floor, I don't think this team has that level that they can get to defensively where they can go on a 9, 10, or 11-game stretch of being the number one defensive-rated team in the entire NBA. I just don't see it. I could be wrong. Last year in December, I said that this team was not good enough to win consistently. Well, over the, the last you know two, three months of the season last year, they kind of made me look like a fool. Now, here we are a year removed from that, and I'm starting to have those feelings again. Without Jonathan Isaac on the floor to kind of buoy the defense, I just don't know if this roster is good enough to win consistently. Steve Clifford, you know, relegating Markel Fultz and uh, and Michael Carter Williams at times to spot up in the corner to become spot up shooters. To me, that's just mismanagement of of the talent that you have on this team. Inserting James Ennis into the starting lineup, sitting Wessel Wundu. I I just Wessel we Wessel not an all star, right? But I think he's a guy that's worked his butt off. He's played fairly well, and I feel like he deserves a role in this lineup. I don't agree with bringing James Ennis in and just because you told the guy that he was going to get a chance to play, to play him over Wes Owendu. I, I don't agree with that. Nikola Vucevic, 27 points on 27 shot attempts. That's not going to get it done. This team shooting 20.9% from three-point line. Jeff, Wel- uh, Jeff Weltman, a couple weeks back now, when they traded for James Ennis, said this is a team that has enough shooting I how I don't understand how you look at this team and make that statement. I, I just I've got to feel like that's just a thing that you say during an interview. I I refuse to believe that he privately personally believes that. Just so so many flaws with this team that were just fleshed out in this game, and against a team like Dallas, you know, one of the best offensive teams in the entire league. I think as far as their offensive efficiency goes, they're the highest rated team in the NBA. They score one hundred twenty two points the Magic are just most nights not going to be able to match that unless we're talking you know, a few nights ago scoring 135 points, making 18 threes. That's not going to happen you know, very very often with this Magic team. So they, they've got to bring it more defensively. I said that Jonathan Isaac is such a huge part of this defense, and without him, this team is just not going to be the same. But guys have to step up. For me, the one of the biggest issues, if not the biggest issue, with this team defensively has just been the fact that nobody apart from Michael Carter-Williams and Aaron Gordon has really been able to stop the ball on the perimeter, you know, with with you know much consistency. Looking at, you know, DJ Augustine, Terrence Ross, Evan Fournier, Markel Fultz, even Wes Owundu at times. As much as I love Wes, I've been giving him a lot of credit. He at times has had difficulty, especially when he's been switched on to another team's premier ball handler of keeping those guys in front of him. Once they blow by any one of these guys, they've got a free run to the rim. Vooch has to try to rotate over. Now, Vooch is not a, a, a great perimeter, or excuse me, uh, not a, a great post defender. He's not a shot blocker, right? But he has no chance at stopping guys like Luka Doncic or Damian Lillard or Trey Young. Once they get past you know, the perimeter defender and running to the rim, Vooch has got to try to you know, help and then either his guy is wide open or there's a wide open three-point shooter. That's what was happening with Maxi Kleber. Luka Doncic was getting past the first defender, and then either Aaron Gordon was having to help or Nikola Vucevic was having to come over to help. They were finding Kleber wide open for three, or he was just having free runs to the rim. 
If the on-ball defense of this team does not improve, the defensive struggles are going to continue to happen. Last year, you know, Jonathan Isaac and Aaron Gordon were able to, you know, plug so many holes defensively that even if DJ got beat, usually he was going to have to swing the ball to someone else, and those guys were able to recover, give other teams, you know, tough shots. And the other thing was a shot was going up. If the other team missed it, the Magic were coming down with it and going the other way, right? Rebounding has been a, another problem for this team this year. Out-rebounded in this one 50-48. to 48. When the bench unit is not able to score and the Magic get out-rebounded, it's like it's got to be like 95% of the time this year they lose. Every single time I look at a loss and I see that the bench unit played poorly and the Magic were out-rebounded, it's always in a loss. Man, just a frustrating loss. Not The sky is not falling, right? It's the first game after the All-Star break. Huge game coming up tonight against the Brooklyn Nets. You know, we're behind two and a half games behind them. If we can steal a game tonight, I know we lost our first meeting with the Nets, including tonight. We still have three games against the Nets. So it's big possibility. You know, now they're without Kyrie Irving for the rest of the year, but the Magic have a real opportunity to kind of close that gap. But it's got to start on the defensive end with this team. We all know that. They need to defend, they need to rebound. And come on, guys, just knock down some open threes, right? So. That's all I've got for this week, guys. Didn't know that this was going to kind of turn into a rant. Appreciate you guys rocking with me. If you guys have seen uh, my buddy Thomas a couple of nights ago, uh, he released this People's Champ design that he put together commemorating Aaron Gordon's slam dunk contest from 2016 and 2020. Uh, we've got that up on our site. He's been kind enough to allow us to put that up on the site. We're not making any money off of this shirt. Uh, it's really just what you pay for the shirt is going towards the cost of the shirt to be made and then shipping fees, guys. So don't know how long that design is going to be able to stay up there. We're going to keep it up as long as we can. Uh, but if you go to the six-man show backslash shop, you'll see the People's Champ tee there. Make sure you grab that, guys. Once again, we're not making any money off of that. It's really just going towards the cost of the shirt and shipping costs, guys. So um, Thomas, he made that a point. He not looking to make a profit off of these shirts. He just wants people to be able to have it and to commemorate it and to celebrate the awesome performances that Aaron Gordon put on at those slam dunk contests. So grab your shirt. You'll be able to commemorate that and remember that for the rest of your life. It's a hot design. I personally love it. He did a great job with it. So make sure that you guys go and grab that. But once again, we've got Brooklyn coming up tonight. Then on Wednesday, we're at Atlanta to take on the Hawks. Friday night, we're going to take on Minnesota at home, and then we're back on the road Saturday night to take on the San Antonio Spurs. Looking at the schedule for the rest of the season, it looks like we don't have another back-to-back until April 10th and April 11th, where we'll be at home to take on Boston and then on the road to take on Indiana. So we got a, almost about a month and a half without a back-to-back here. So that will be nice going down the stretch. The guys will get some more rest here. So, But that's all I've got. If you guys ever have any questions, you can hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Six Man Show. I love taking your guys' questions. I love interacting with you guys on social media. If you haven't liked us or followed us on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram, once again, you can find us at Six Man Show. Be sure to do that. I try to interact with listeners of the show the best that I can. But thank you guys so much for listening. Let's get this W tonight. Let's get a few more wins this week. Let's get the momentum rolling. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Six Man Show. This has been your boy, Jonathan. Guys, have a great week. Go Magic, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya.
Thanks for listening to The Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!